Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year. And we're just, you know, going through the book of Isaiah, and God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. So, so much of it is going to be beyond our comprehension. Because as we said in chapter 55, his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts higher than ours. So if if his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are greater than our ways, doesn't it make sense that as he's speaking, we may not grasp everything? Maybe our maturity isn't ready. Maybe our spirit isn't fully awake yet. But as you keep digging and year after year after year, just get drawing closer to God and um, just really diving into the word and staying consistent and, and guarding your heart and keeping your mind pure and forgiving and not holding resentment and letting go of that kind of stuff, doing all those things and honoring God and worshiping God and living and, and praying and, and praying without ceasing means being in a, a state where you're always connecting with God. When you live like that, then more and more things will be revealed. Otherwise, you read Isaiah and you're, you go, things don't make sense. Of course they don't. Press on. Be faithful. Be consistent. Can you imagine the Israelites who didn't even have a Bible to read and yet they had to be, we expect them to be consistent and the whole Israel people are examples for us. They, um, I think I read that yesterday where they represent mankind. So chapter 56, 57, and 58. Um, Because of that fact, I'm just going to read pieces and not give a lot of two cents because it's just my opinion. You'll have a different opinion. Um, And that is perfectly okay. This is why people could read the Bible a lifetime. And remember, there are biblical scholars who study like one chapter for years. So here we are summarizing three chapters. In a way, it kind of does it a disservice a little bit. But um, at the same time, I think God honors our faithfulness and he appreciates. He's excited. I think God is excited that we're talking about it. And he's like, ooh, I can't wait till you go back again and you dive into the chapter a little bit more. But God's excited that we're doing this, especially this book. He's like, oh, this is my love letter to them. Or this is my love letter to them. This is my instruction to them. This is, oh, I'm so excited that they're reading it. Okay, so imagine that. Um, Chapter 56, this is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. See what I mean? That's so good. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Okay, so this chapter is also going to talk about foreigners that they are going to enjoy salvation too. So a lot of times people think, well, only the Israelites are God's chosen people. They are his chosen people. The Israelites also represent mankind. In addition to that, when Jesus came onto the scene, it was for the Jews and the Gentiles. So the promises belong to all people. Okay, let no foreigners who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from this, from his people. You see, the foreigners are saying, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. 
um, let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, okay? And let no eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. For this is what the Lord says, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and holds fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than the sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. That's your identity. That's your name. You are called his sons and daughters. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountains and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. Mm, that includes everybody. <clears throat> now to contrast that, in the same chapter, this is the good now we're going to contrast those who don't follow the ways. Come all beasts of the field, come and devour all the beasts of the forest. Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around and dream. They love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetites. They never have enough. Wow. They are shepherds who lack understanding. They all turn to their own way. They seek their own gain. Come, each one cries. Let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer. And tomorrow we'll be like today or even far better. So he's showing the contrast of the people who are not following God's ways. Moving on to chapter 57. The righteous perish and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Interesting. So one could say so... Christian martyrs who die? Is that okay? Um, I don't think it's okay that people die, but I think what he's saying is after death, this is probably, re remember, they don't know what's going to happen after death back in these days. Jesus has not come on the scene yet. There's no talk of afterlife. So they kind of think that God's people and regular people all kind of go to the same place. They don't really know where they're going. And here was the first glimmer that um, they will be spared from evil. Uh, the righteous are taken away. Um, first glimmer of like life after death. Those who walk uprightly enter into peace. They find rest as they lie in death. One could say, wait, this is before, you know, the Israelites must have said, well, how does that happen? How could they enter into peace and rest they find rest as they lie in death. Hmm. But you, come here, you children of sorcerers, you offspring of adulterers and prostitutes, you who, who are mocking, at whom do you sneer and stick out your tongue? Are you not a brood of rebels, the offspring of liars who burn with lust among the oaks and under every spreading tree? You sacrifice your children in the ravines and under the overhanging crags, the idols among the smooth stones. Okay, so he's going to talk evil, evil, all the, behind your doors and your doorposts, you have put your pagan symbols. Forsaking me, you uncovered your bed, you climbed in into it and opened it wide. You made a 
packed with those whose bed you love. Oof. And you looked with lust on their naked bodies. Okay, so a lot of times they say, hey, the Bible doesn't really talk about not um, having sex before marriage or um, how doesn't, you know, people defend that or living together before marriage, people defend that. But if you open your eyes, there's definitely pieces, there's definitely passages that address this. And I don't know, I just kind of felt it right there. You know, you forsaking me, you uncovered your bed, you climbed into it and opened it wide. You made a pact with those whose beds you love and you looked with lust on their naked bodies. Wow. Okay. You went to Moloch with olive oil and increased their, your perfumes. You sent your ambassadors far away. Okay. I'm moving down to verse 11. Whom have you so dreaded and feared that you have not been true to me and have neither remembered me nor taken this to heart? It is not because I have long been silent that you do not fear me. I will expose expose your righteousness and your works, and they will not benefit you. So in other words, that's people who, maybe the Pharisees, who are trying to do all the right things and follow all the customs. When you cry out for help, let your collection of idols save you. The wind will carry all of them off. A mere breath will blow them away. But whoever takes refuge in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. Ah, oh, see? Oh my goodness. And if you think we don't have idols, just look around. Just think about where do you spend all your time? Where do you, what are you obsessed with? What do you love? What do you love more than going to church? What do you love more than reading your Bible? What do you love more than praising God? What do you love more than listening to worship music? Why does worship music disturb your spirit? Why is it uncomfortable? Why is it boring? Why is it not appealing or catchy? What are your idols? Do you have them? Of course you do. Of course we do. What are your idols? Are they your loved ones? Are you obsessed with them? Is it your career? Is it money? Is it your culture? We have our idols and they will blow away in the wind they can disappear in an instant. COVID just snapped away everybody's idols, um, all those restrictions. and So you really need to do a heart check. Check your own heart. Um, because if you take refuge in, refuge in God, you will inherit the land and possess the holy mountains. What? So good. Okay. Um, Build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. For this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in the high and holy place. Okay, let's keep moving on. Oh, no, wait. But also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. I will not accuse them forever. Nor will I always, nor will I always be angry, for then they would faint away because of me, the very people I have created. I was enraged by their sinful greed. I punished them and hid my face in anger. Yet they kept on their willful ways. I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and restore comfort to Israel's mourners. 
creating praise on their lips. Peace, peace to those far and near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, which cannot rest, whose waves cast up mire and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. There really isn't. If you notice people who are sinful, wicked, living a very worldly life, they never seem peaceful. They never seem to have peace in their spirit. They're always going up and down from good times to stress, good happiness to, well, not even happiness, but at least just content to anger, content to anxiousness, to misery. They just, they just don't seem happy. Christians, on the other hand, should be the happiest people on earth. But they're human. And they're part of this world and this culture. So we all struggle to follow the ways. Not because the instructions aren't clear. It's because we're distracted. And we're busy. And the world has given us so much luxury. It's easy to not be in the Word. I mean, honestly, would I read the Bible this much if I wasn't doing these podcast episodes? Probably not. I probably would skip a day here, skip a day there. I probably would skip an entire book. But because I'm doing this podcast, reading the Bible in one year, I read it. I I can't skip it if I'm trying to do it in one year, right? And then we move on to chapter 58, true fasting. That's what we're going to talk about here, fasting. Shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on that day, or the day of of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Ooh, integrity, my friends. What he's saying is, you know, you try to do all these good deeds, actions, almost braggadocious, but he's saying, check yourself. Here, even fasting, um... Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a people to humble themselves. Is it only for borrowing one's head like a reed? Okay, yeah, see what I mean? Sometimes I don't understand what I'm reading. But basically, fasting with the right heart. When you see... Oh, oh, wait a second. Dun, 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 dun. What is the beginning? Oops. Um, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? Okay, let me go back. Verse six. Is not this kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice? and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. So he's explaining the importance of fasting and why we do it. We don't do it because it's a cultural custom. 
it serves a great, powerful purpose. It, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. That's why people, when they want powerful things to happen, even healing, they often fast and pray. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. That's so powerful. Okay. We just need to pause for a second. That's fasting. Fasting is a powerful weapon. But you have to do it with the right heart. Isn't that so cool how it says at the beginning what it looks like? People are fasting. They think they're doing it right. But their heart is in the wrong place. And you don't get the benefit. Um, verse, the rest of verse 9 goes, If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age of old foundations. You will be called repairer, of broken walls, restore of streets with dwellings. Wow. If you do away with the yoke of the oppression, with the pointing of the finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Is that an amazing gift? If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph in the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Oh my gosh, I basically read everything. So there, that was so powerful and so beautiful. I love the part about honoring the holy day so good okay lots to read lots to read but i think i read most of it for you so enjoy that that was chapter 56 57 and 58 of the book of isaiah all right my friends make it a beautiful day see you soon